Welcome back to New Rockstar, Secret Evasion, Episode 1, kicked off with a bang. Then a bang, then a bang, then bang, bang, bang. A lot of big bangs. Uh, we say dos vidania to a long-time MCU character, Maria Hill. If Episode 1 can kill off someone who's been with us since 2012 in the MCU, who else will die on this show? It's back on, and I need you guys to help me with this. We're all going to whisper it together. Okay. The Scroll Search. This is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's Marvel Reaction Show. We have changed things up here on Inside Marvel so that we are now in person. We got our West Coast Avengers here with Yay. us. I'm Eric Voss. Here with me is Hector Navarro and Maude Garrett. What's up? Hi. Hello. Ooh, hey. <laughs> what is this? Let me have it. Okay. I'm in America. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to have both of you here with us on yeah. New Rockstars. For those of you who might have joined New Rockstars in the past year or so, uh, Mod uh, used to join us for our Westeros Weekly, our Game of Thrones after shows back a couple years ago. And Broke Theory. And Broke Theory. Oh, wow. uh, we used to do a show called New Rockstars News and the Debrief, and Mod was a big part of that. So it's Gosh. so wonderful having you back. Um, Love to be back. Mod's the best. And then Hector, you might know Hector from uh, our Wookiee Leaks this past season <laughs> and a lot of other New Rockstars formats. And you guys have done stuff together. In the past, Absolutely. Right? So have over the years. And Mod, you're going to be happy to know this. I watched the entire first season of uh, Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. You did? Yeah. Hey, what'd you think? Secret Invasion's great, and yeah. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's, there's not as much incest and um, yeah, and so far, so far. It's only episode right. one. Right. We, we don't know. A lot of scrolls the season's young. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> a lot oh of scrolls. A lot of scroll stuff going to be happening. Yes. Right. Well, I'm so pumped to be uh, chatting with both of you for a number of reasons that you'll see throughout this uh, this after show. We're going to be bringing our kind of personal takes to what we see every Wednesday whenever you watch this. And a reminder that Inside Marvel is actually now going to be shifting over to the Break Room channel on the New Rockstars Network. For Secret Invasion Episode 1, we're also releasing this after show on the main channel. So you could be watching it there right now. But if you are watching this on the, on the main channel, be sure to go over to the Break Room because we're going to have uh, an extended version of this after show. A couple questions that are not in the main channel version oh, of it. Oh, bonus. Ooh. A bonus scroll search exclusive. Um, <laughs> it's starting next week. This will be only on the break room. So be sure to subscribe to the break room. Um, you can also check out Tommy and Jay Washington's reaction episode one that's already on the channel. Or no, they, they stayed up late. They, they were the, the late night yeah. folks. Uh, and my breakdown, the Easter egg breakdown, is going to be on the main channel later today. And be sure to check out nerdriot.shop where you can always grab the latest and greatest in New Rockstar's gear. Right now, you can check out our line of merch inspired by Secret Invasion. Support the channel and check out great merch options over at nerdriot.shop and yeah again please subscribe to all three of our channels the deep dive the break room and new rock stars the slogan needs to be wear it if you want to fit in i like that <laughs> if you want to fit in that's mm -hmm. good <laughs> i like that okay let's talk about what happened in episode one okay we're just going to recap it we're going to relive it we're going to re-traumatize ourselves good. um we start with agent everett ross uh, coming back he meets up with agent prescott uh, who is played by the same actor who does Beric Dondarrion on Game of Thrones, yes. the Lightning Lord. Yeah. Um, what a fun way that. to begin. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's gone full Pepe Silvia with this theory that scrolls are behind a series of attacks around the globe. Uh, he seems paranoid, and he's trying to prevent Ross from leaving, but Ross escapes, they have a fight, and then uh, this press god gets shot through... I, it took me a second to realize where the gunshot yes, came, right? Yeah, it was right? a blood leak. Yeah, it was that. a blood leak, right. Mm -hmm. So he, he had the gun in his ankle holster, right? Right. And then he just, yeah... Um, I think they're just careful showing where gunshots happen so early in an episode on Disney Plus. Maybe might be. Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Um, he calls Maria Hill for an extraction. He's pursued in the streets by some mysterious figure. Ross jumps off a roof. 
feels very Men in Black opening to me. There's like a couple Men in Black references, yeah. I feel like, in this, yeah. in this beginning. Yes, especially with a uh, little girl. Little girl. Uh, yes. Did you get yes. Quantum yes. physics? Yeah. Shit, that's way, that's way to too no young good. for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Maria Hill pulls around just to see him badly wounded, and the figure stands over him. And while Maria has her gun aimed on him, he shapeshifts, and it's Talos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everett Ross passes away, but he also shapeshifts. He was a scroll, and Talos says he's one of them. So now it's an us versus them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, who's the us and who's the Right, them? and right. Talos is also a scroll, but yeah. the show is already establishing, like, look, they're, they're, we're going to give you new scrolls that you were not familiar with. Because up to this point, what have scrolls been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? The movie Captain Marvel? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. And then just Talos and yeah. his wife at the end of Spider-Man, Far From Home. Yeah, that's there was right. the one in WandaVision who showed up recruiting Monica that's right. Rambeau. That's, Monica Rambeau being yeah. like, we're working up in space. You're like, okay, yeah. I guess she's going to go up to the Saber station and then we'll see that in the Marvels movie later this year. But that's been it. And and when Captain Marvel, the movie came out in 2019 and it was set in 1995, I remember the internet and comic book fans talking about, oh, typically scrolls are just bad guys right. in Marvel Comics. And this movie makes you think they're bad guys, and they're kind of bad guys for a good yeah. portion of it. And then there's a twist where it's like, oh, no, they're refugees. And and Fury and Carol Danvers and Maria Rambeau, they're all going to help these scrolls. The real villains are Jude Law and the Kree. Mm-hmm. And so comic book fans are going, this is like an inversion of the typical thing. And this show, I think, is trying to establish, okay, yes, there are good guy scrolls. We've humanized some of those characters, Talos and his wife and so on. But we're still going to have a villainous side to these characters. And it's also another extension on the aftermath of the blip. Yeah. This blip happened and it was catastrophic and it was for years. So what actually happened in this time and we're looking at the aftermath of it all? And I think not only are we seeing sort of like the demise of some characters who went through some stuff, but we're also seeing that, um, you know, life didn't stop for a lot of other people, especially those, the scrolls that are refugees Mm -hmm. in survival mode. It's true. We went over that in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That show was also about human beings that were, like, displaced from the blip. Mm -hmm. And I love anytime anything in the MCU deals with what happened in those five years? Well, I'm like, I want Except more of that. Spider-Man, where it was like, well, here's a school report. I know, that happened. I know. A typical anyway. player got tackled at a basketball game, <laughs> which I think that, I love what I call blip fiction. Just yeah. focusing on these little moments where characters are absent and they come back yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. chaos that ensues. Yeah, like when Yelena came back in the show Hawkeye flashback. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. She's just in a bathroom. She comes back and she's like, where's my sister? I have to find my sister. You're like, no, girl, she dead. I've been in bathrooms where the wallpaper shifted, but it's because I was on different drugs yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had ate something really weird and I was like that's what the wallpaper is I was blacked out when you I came like, in here did I just blip did that <laughs> yeah. just snap how long has it been in here but I think this show does a better job with that kind of uh, that blip aftermath yeah. and it, they had a difficult task as you mentioned Captain Marvel uh, painted the scrolls all as good right, guys so right. just with this one line he's one of them a scroll saying that already signals to us that there's a different category of scrolls who are nefarious, who are enemies, yep. and we got to look out for them. And it could be anyone. Could be anyone. Yeah. Even Martin Freeman. Even I Martin know. Freeman. <laughs> I know. Um, so Nick Fury, definitely feeling his age, reunites uh, on Earth with Maria Hill and with Talos, and Talos tries uh, to ask Fury how he's doing. Yeah. Fury's all business. Yeah. Uh, we learn about uh, Gravik, who's, I love the name, Gravik. Gravik. Yeah. I'm yes. going to call him Gravik because I'm a Dickensian appreciator <laughs> and I love well, it when they have wordplay and characters' names. As a spokeswoman for the aliens, okay. I mean, aka the Commonwealth, <laughs> uh, Gravik, they all sound like this, or yeah. they're Australian. So yeah, that's true. Avido, actually. 
Okay, Mendo. Ben Mendelssohn. Mendo. Mendo. Mendo, who chucked a mate in there. Yeah, he did. So happy yeah. about that. Oh, listen, it. mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love it. Sorry. Um, no, uh, it, so Gravik is the newest member of what's called the Skrull Council, uh, and he's using this group called Americans Against Russia, mm. the AAR, which I feel like aren't all Americans Against Russia <laughs> right yeah, now. And it's so close to home as well. It's what like we're trying. We're, we're try- exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if they pushed it back a little bit, like Maybe. when they were. In the throes of war? Possibly. Oh, Mm. I'm trying to remember too, if anybody here knows, Mm. I know that most Marvel projects always get announced and then they're usually delayed for various reasons. Obviously the global pandemic was one reason a bunch of stuff got delayed, but then other people have been pointing out like, well, with the incoming writer strike and then maybe actor strike and Mm. director strike or whatever, that Marvel and other companies have been kind of banking a bunch of their stuff and slowly spacing it. Because remember, originally this year was going to be like a bunch of TV shows. Yeah. And then it's whittled down to like, well, we're getting Secret Invasion, Loki season two, and then Echo. Echo's going to drop all at once at the end of the year. All at once at the end of the year. And people are like, well, where's What If season two? And where, like, there's a couple of things that have sort of like, maybe they're holding on. So I don't know if, but then it could have also been real world events that have caused Marvel Studios to be like, let's, sit on Secret Invasion for a second instead of... For a second, but yeah. also, like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at that board meeting where they're like, wow, they're really making themselves a better vi- a villain for our story. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, Russians <laughs> since the Cold War have always been an easy villain because, yeah. you know... Duh. Yes. But but to your point, Maude, I think it's always been fascinating to know that, like, you know that there was maybe a meeting at Marvel in the year 2020 where they were like, man, we made a movie where everyone just had to like collectively mourn around the world for years. And now this global event has happened. Like if things weirdly line up to what Marvel- have you heard the other one? I have what? to get this out. What? It's so good that there's a conspiracy. Now don't go too far down the road, <laughs> no, no. but it's a little entertaining. It's the show to do it in. It's, it's the show to do it in. It's entertaining that um, the whistleblower for the, like, the UPIs, the, the new word for UFOs. UAP, oh, unidentified aerial phenomenons. Oh. And that the Marvel is essentially integrating the notions of multiverse and aliens being on the planet to actually help humans come into terms with the fact that it's already oh, happening. I love that conspiracy. I love that. That's Marvel great. we trust. Remember when conspiracy theories could just be harmless and fun? Yeah. And but aliens are that kind of, yeah. So you're saying the US government's calling up Disney, Marvel Studios, and going like, can you put more aliens and stuff so people don't freak out? When, it, when we actually have to let them know that <laughs> half this stuff's actually true. And they're looking at their comic books and they're like, yeah, sure, that stuff's already been in there since the 60s, but oh, okay, yeah, we'll put more. Why? Sorry. I mean, Marvel <laughs> comics <laughs> began as propaganda with Captain America to sell That's war true. bonds in World War II. Oh, wow. man. It's, it's in its DNA to spread this. Chariot of the gods. Anyway. anyway so, take that with a lot of grains. Yes. <laughs> That's now canon. Um, so the, a, uh, the AAR is yeah. actually a scroll-led front, as are all these international terrorist cell groups that Prescott was talking about. Their goal is to start a war between Russia and the United States. It feels very Tom Clancy, right? The sum of all fears. Uh, this would likely spell the end of human civilization. Obviously, the U.S., and, the, and Russia have the biggest stockpile of nukes. Right. Um, in disbelief, Fury decides to go for a walk alone, and we uh, get an appearance from Colonel James Rhodes, a.k.a. Rhodey, who was told by President Ritson, Dermot Mulroney, or like Dylan it. McDermott, who knows which one it is. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I love that they cast a guy who, like, there's an SNL bit and no one can tell them apart. Um, and uh, so President Ritson tells uh, Rhodey to deal with Fury and Hill's AWOL status. Fury's lonesome night walk ends with being kidnapped, and I think he, you know, I think he expected to be kidnapped, honestly, uh, and come into uh, this fancy room with Olivia Coleman's character, Sonia Farnsworth, Fallsworth, excuse me. I have to make a, a very, very clear that Marvel is so lucky to get Olivia Coleman. Absolutely that lucky. That is such a win for the MCU. Absolutely. Yes. And I think also, correct me if I'm wrong, Wrong too. I, wasn't she also very excited to do it because she likes Marvel movies and stuff? Or am I, think I she mentioned that. right? Yeah. I think that she was just like down to clown because she she's very much into this stuff, which is great. <laughs> she's fitting in perfectly, yeah. playing yes. this MI six character. I every everything she's. I mean, this cast might be the most stacked cast any um, Disney Plus Marvel show has had. It's good. I it's I don't think there's good. a weak link. Um, yeah. So Sonya wants to talk Gravik. Uh, Fury wants to talk bomb supplies. Neither really budge. Fury eventually leaves, but not after Sonya tells him he's not ready for the fight. And Fury bugs her room. I love putting this little contact lens on the owl. Uh, we meet uh, Amelia Clark's character, Gaia. And she uh, welcomes a new member to New Skrullos, uh, Skrull refugee camp set up in an abandoned nuclear plant south of Moscow. Um, because Moscow, if you're Moscow. not American. Moscow. But if you're an American against Russia, you say it however Moscow. Want. Uh, Hell yeah, we're going to Moscow. (laughs) Moscow. Um, So they pass a mix of human and squirrel faces. Gaia explains that those who sign up as warriors have to stay in their human form. They're shells, so it's harder for them to be identified by humans and scrolls. And I'm sure the makeup department's like, oh, I want to do, you know. No, are you kidding me? They're like, budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Can, there be, can there be form? some actors that are humans all the time? Yes. They're, they're all practical, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, all practical. And I think this is a, a really interesting thing because in Marvel Comics, Scrolls are the shape-shifting aliens, but for a long time, characters like Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four or people like Tony Stark or Bruce Banner, they're smart enough to know when a human is a scroll. So when they did the Secret Invasion comic book storyline, one of the big revelations was not just scrolls have been infiltrating and taking over a couple of different key characters, but it's also like, oh, we can no longer tell. Our technology doesn't work on how to determine who's a scroll that's being disguised as a human anymore. So I think this is a way to sort of Try to explain, okay, if scrolls have been on Earth since 1995 in the MCU, if characters like Nick Fury and other top members of things like S.H.I.E.L.D. or the U.S. government or whatever are aware of them, there's got to be a technology way to figure, you know. So so now she's saying if scrolls stay in their human form for longer, it makes it more difficult to be identified. Mm-hmm. I actually was like writing down, like, how do we do that? Because that, right. that is like right. a I'm sure it'll be answered. element. I'm sure it'll like be answered, yes. Body snatching, where you're just mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to differentiate. And mm-hmm. it's like the only real telltale sign is strength. Yeah. Yes. Or, or they out themselves if or, they're careless. In the comic books, it's about um, if a scroll, if a character who you think is a scroll gets killed, and then when they die, if the body reverts to scroll form. That's really the only telltale yeah, you way. you shoot first and ask yeah. questions later, basically. Exactly. It's very exactly. counterproductive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we learned that the, that the ones who are not warriors just have to stay at home, right? Uh, and then Gaia leaves uh, Beto behind, and she enters a room where uh, Pagan, Pagan, uh, Gravik's right-hand man, uh, officiates, the scroll, officiates the scroll, taking an oath of loyalty to the cause. The room is lined with unconscious humans attached to devices, which we later learn are called fracking pods. I love the name of this. Not to be confused with Battlestar Galactica, where fracking is a term of endearment. Right. Or to be confused with the, the, the process of fracking. Uh-huh. That's so, yeah, I think it means, I think it's both our influences there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at Battlestar Galactica, who's a Cylon, the same kind of mystery, <gasps> right? Yes! 
It's like the whole time. It's going to be a mystery. And there's With a political intrigue laced throughout. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So once the scroll completes his oath, the human is brought in. And it's like I like that they have to look at them face to face. It's 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 very unsettling. Um, and likely one who believes in the AAR cause. So, you know, we don't need to feel too bad about him. But the scroll takes his physical identity. Uh, the human is thrown into the fracking device where the scroll then, quote, takes his mind, takes his memories. I, I wouldn't mind. Now that you've mentioned Battlestar Galactica, like I was straight away thinking what are the limitations? And there's only like sort of six or seven forms that they can take. Uh, like, you know, so when you see that particular human, you know it's a Cylon. What are some of the limitations here? Because not only can they take form, mm -hmm. they can take multiple different forms mm -hmm. if they've just seen them. They can then extract their memories. Like yeah. what are these limitations that we have? Because this is feeling, again, going back to sort of the parallels we have in, in the universe, in the earth, like COVID was very similar. You didn't know who had it, and it was like spread like mm. wildfire, and it was mm -hmm. hard to contain mm -hmm. with a million scrolls now on the planet with no limitations. I think their one limitation is their ideology, their fact, their diasporatic status, the fact that they're uh, they feel like strangers in a strange land. That and I think that makes them. It's not really vulnerability, and in some ways, Gravik is weaponizing it as a strength that they can use to rally to this cause of uh, <laughs> kicking out the humans or eradicating humans from the planet. But yeah, I think. Their, their rage, their anger, uh, the loyalty, the unflinching loyalty that they have to have to each other is like the one thing that limits them. The fact that they can't, they don't have the privilege of just settling and assimilating. I also think that... Uh, That's we're, what makes them scarier. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're so used to in sci-fi stories like Battlestar Galactica or there was a um, the recent season of Star Trek Picard. The last season had like um, Changelings was also like a whole element in that storyline. And even if a scroll can take a human being's memories, does that also mean personality? Does that also mean... Like, I don't think skulls were born with an Australian accent. So they're picking that up from somebody. Yeah. Who are they picking? But but I'm saying maybe there are limitations that the show hasn't showed us yet, where even if a scroll takes a person's memory, could another person be able to identify an imposter with, like, if they somehow mess up? If they, like, what does it mean taking a person's memory? Like, are they completely covered in every single way? Or are there going to be gaps in that memory? Or is it like, only conducive to the body that they're in? So right. It's like right, right, right. Sense memory, right? If you right. have like triggers, like uh, physiological triggers to certain scenarios, a fight or flight instinct is grounded in your memory. I mean, there's a lot of like uh, neuroscience yeah. that goes into what is a personality. It's just kind of like memory. And you look at people who have like Alzheimer's or dementia and they kind of lend, uh, lose their senses of self a little bit because they don't have their memory mm -hmm. to inform their emotional reactions to scenarios and even their physical reactions. And it also sounds like they're saying stick to the one body and mind and let that become your entire idea. Identity. Versus so shape-shifting a bunch of different exactly. humans. And yeah. what, what yeah. a thing to ask uh, a scroll. It almost feels like the Americans, you have to let go of your previous identity. The Americans, the FX show the Americans. Oh, okay, gotcha. You have to let go of yeah. your native identity yeah. and adopt this other identity that feels foreign to you. And that's what these scroll warriors have to do. They have to stay in human form and stay in... Right, exactly. Yeah. They have to stay in the skin of the people they're trying to conquer. And that's got to do something to them, right? Like, that's a limitation. You got You feel gross. In the skin that you're in. Well, I think that's why we're seeing more and more. It's like when they're able to sort of like have time to themselves, they do revert to their original form. Mm. They do revert to their original language, you yeah. know, to kind of keep them unified as a scroll. Their because identity. Right. Yeah. 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 Let's move forward. So later, Fury, uh, Hill, and Talos identify a group of scrolls who may build a bomb, thanks to Fury's camera at Sonia's. And they set off to meet him, uh, Pagan and Gaia, to purchase the bomb. She beats the team there, and she makes a purchase, and spotted by Hill, leaves with a package. Interrogation of the bomb maker goes south, reveals himself to be a scroll, and Fury kills him. 
uh, much to Talos' disappointment and his sadness. Yeah. He doesn't want to see Skrulls die. He's still kind of an, op- uh, an optimist. Uh. Um, I also think, you know, hearing from another Skrull, you know, you're betraying us. I think yes. that's super it's conflicting. Hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought there was a bit of a middle-aged, like, uh, crisis moment here. Where Fury was like, I'll help you. And Talos is like, I don't need help. I'm younger and more fit than you. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm not even 40 in right. four years. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so I feel like, oh, maybe that was a little bit of a, a Talos being mad that he kind of failed being able to resolve that without getting the help, the intervention, having to kill the scroll, certainly. But it's also like a failure on Talos's physical capabilities and like how he's able to handle the situation. Yeah. Um, so he faces a second wave of disappointment after joining Hill in pursuit of Gaia. Uh, attempting to reason with her, he informs her that her mother passed away, Mother Soren. It's an important detail that Soren died. We're going to talk more about that later. Yeah. But uh, he pauses, but ultimately, or she pauses, but ultimately pushes him away, taking the bomb with her. Fury and Hill meet at an old bar. And again, he is told that he's not ready for this fight. This is really getting pushed on us at this point. Yeah. Like he is hearing it from Taylor. So he's hearing it from. Uh, Sonia, he's hearing it from Maria time and time again. Like, yeah. he's hearing it from Rhodey. He's just like, that is the number one message. You ain't what you used to be, my man. Yeah. 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 This is very old man Logan. Everything these days yeah. is old man Logan. I mean, it's unfair. <laughs> Samuel Jackson's been old the entire time he's that's been tr- in the MCU. That's true. That's true. That's true. Again, and he's always kicked ass. What did he get for his, his midlife crisis? The Avengers. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's what Nick Fury yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Hill's comment seems to cut deep as it triggers a flashback of when he was blipped. So, after delivering the bomb, Gaia calls a secret meeting with Talos to inform him of Gravik's plan, we think. She mm-hmm. says there's going to be three bombs, three couriers in a square for a celebration of Unity Day, and she tells them each bag would be marked with infrared spray. The next day, Talos, Hill, and Fury donning some infrared-detecting glasses go to the square in a tense chase. We watch as the three split up. It's a shell game. I love this kind of scene. Who's got the bomb? Uh, they try to follow the marked bags in chaos of the celebration, and we land on Fury. He sees an individual who takes the forms of peoples we have seen him encounter throughout the episode. The little girl from the Men in Black uh, trial (laughs) with the weird little ball. Why is that girl playing with a ball in the street? After Fury was just warned, you can't... you're going to at least stick out walking around at night yeah. in, in Moscow. Um, we see the woman on a date. We see a man from the bar. All these people. It's kind of like that moment at the oh. end of Loki episode two where, yeah. like, uh, you know, Sylvie transforms uh, into different forms uh, or oh. takes the, the body of different forms. But this is a threat saying we're, we're following you. Right. We've wow. been, yeah, we've just yeah. been toying with you this whole episode. What a, I love this moment. The scroll, uh, the scroll leads them closer and closer to the center of the square as Talos and Hill close in. The figure reveals themselves to be Gravik and Hill and Talos grab the bags. They find out that they're empty. Gravik hits the button, triggering three explosions. The square sent it a panic. It's a gruesome massacre. We have to imagine hundreds, if not a couple thousands. That's huge. I mean, wars have been started over less, folks. Um, our trio try to reunite. Hill being called over by Fury, who shoots her. And his second Fury, the real Fury, runs up. As Hill's killer turns out to be Gravik in disguise, Fury grabs Hill, who dies in his arms and whispers... It was you. And I liked the different takes that we had on that. Was it, it was you, you shot me, and she doesn't ever know that it wasn't him? Or is it the warning, it was you, you've got to find someone because they're using your fate? Yeah. I, it's it's such a, a chilling final words, right? Like, uh, and, and you know how Fury hears it. He doesn't hear it as a warning. He feels the blood on yep. his hands now yep. for letting her die. And that's that's where we end things, like just panning up and up and up. And then because we knew that Soren is dead, there are no outs here. Maria Hill, Kobe Smulders yeah. is gone. Yeah. 
And I think uh, I love as well that we are seeing this be very, very contained. And because this is political, this is America versus Russia, we are seeing this as a classified venture. Yep. So it's like it's only who needs to know. Nick Fury has been running this campaign for decades. So he's kind of like the one calling the shots. I think he's making promises he actually can't keep. Agreed. Mm. And that's a really dangerous thing because all the scrolls are doing is holding him accountable you know, a promise that he's made. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of like the fact that when you are picking off these people who are in and can be the ones that help, and when you have, like, the team's getting smaller and smaller, chaos is going to erupt because, you know, the solution's disappearing. I mean, it's a perfect challenge for the MCU version of Nick Fury yeah. because the one thing he's been able to do is detect when people are bullshitting him uh, to be a step ahead, multiple Three moves steps ahead. ahead. Three yeah. steps ahead, uh, which aren't that many steps. Mas chess masters can stay, like, he's 12 tall. steps ahead. He is tall. Dead long steps. <laughs> you would think that he could see like a combination of chess moves that would get to a checkmate in, in eight moves, maybe. Uh -huh. But three's not that many. Because, you know, if you're three moves behind, you can see the three moves ahead of you. Anyway, I just thought, like, more moves, please. Um, but let's let's ask the question, who really among the Avengers might be a scroll in hiding? Do we think Rhodey's a scroll? <sighs> we can't talk about it. We can't talk yet. I think Rhodey's going to be in next episode. But I think if anyone among the Avengers is a scroll, it would be, like, Hawkeye... It'd be Rhodey. Why Hawkeye? Why Rhodey? Just because we, they're less beloved characters? I think you have to yeah, do lower status. Them. You have to be ones who are like seen as human. Like uh, Thor's yeah. not gonna be a scroll because he's an Asgardian, right? It, can they emulate the powers? Can if a scroll becomes and choose, you know, it takes their unknown yet, it unknown like, yet, yeah. unknown now, yet. There's in the comics. There's this super scroll, right? Who can concept. emulate the powers yes. of the Fantastic Four? And there's oh. other super scrolls that emulate the powers of all the other super powered individuals. We don't know yet, but maybe a scroll impersonating a human member of the Avengers might be easier to pull off. You yeah, I mean? you're running out of those too. Yeah. That's the thing. You have to yeah. have ones who have been humans for a long time. Black Widow, dead. Tony Stark, dead. And I think government agents is a way to go. So you could even yes. have Linda Cardellini, Laura Barton might be a scroll oh as well. I think God. she's kind of in the running. I always like the idea that Happy Hogan could be a scroll. I think John Favreau would love to put no. on alien makeup. And he's just been around. No. Oh my no, God. you take that back. <laughs> I don't like that. You don't like that? No, I think he'd be like a great. Because it's kind of a jokey thing sometimes to reveal that someone is a scroll. Like yes. it'd be a little. I think some people would be upset to learn that like Steve Rogers is a scroll. Just because he's been with us for so long yeah. since the sort of 1940s, and it'd just be weird yeah. to suddenly establish that he was a scroll. And, and when we you, saw him you, in the past, he was a scroll. Actually, you do like, you do have to look at like every major sort of mini franchise within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if you look at like you know you guys are talking about like the government agents, that's sort of the Captain America spy espionage side. If you look at like the Ant-Man movies and like the Ant Family, it's like Scott Lang's probably not a scroll because yeah. it's probably Paul Rudd and yeah. you know he's so goofy and whatever. But it's like okay, but access to that technology, what if it's Hank Pym? Mm. And that would tie in with the comics, right? The big moment. Yes, where Hank, Hank Pym, Pym was a scroll in yes. the Marvel comics yeah. for like for. For not for years, but for like months and months. Like it was a yeah. big... Like, and that was oh. a thing at the time. Like the character of Hank Pym has a problematic history in the yes. 80s. So that's one way they justified it is like, that the fact he, that he, he was just was, a scroll. You know, and he was a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyone who's had a nefarious intent at one stage... Potentially. That they Potentially. can then justify that mm -hmm. intent right. as a scroll on a mish. Uh, at the end of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I mean, not an Avenger, but Sharon Carter, I don't. I think is, is everybody's yeah. like, she's gotta be, because she really went from uh, an ally to Captain America to like the next time we saw her, she's like, I'm a, I'm a crime lord in Madripoor. And you're like, what? Climbing ranks. 
Anyone right. who's a rent climber. Right. I'm just not yeah. crazy with what they did with the character Sharon Carter right. and the Falcon so, so, Soldier. So if you use the scroll to kind of just say, make, hey, make it all a wash, here's the real Sharon, that. we're bringing her, yeah, yeah. they could do that. Sometimes do it that. feels like trading cards where they're like, which card are we going to play? Yeah. We could use this one in a while. Oh, for sure. They have them up on like yeah. dry erase boards yeah. and then they just move them around with magnets. Man, it yeah. could, it could, there could be any number of, if we're talking like core Avengers characters, I mean, like, is Okoye a scroll? Is uh, uh, Rocket Raccoon a scroll? Like, Carol Danvers? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Wakanda was kind of impenetrable for so long. That right. It seems but can like you imagine if a, if a Wakandan was could a scroll? Okoye, that would be a, wild. Could that have been how uh, Everett Ross got uh, infiltrated? Is Okoye, oh, Midnight Angel Okoye was yeah. actually a scroll. She grabbed him on behalf of Gravit's crew and I, then swapped I, him out then. I want to say it's possible, but then you, you remember that scene where she was fired from being a Dora Milaje? by the Angela Bassett yeah. and Okoye had that one tier acting and I'm like there's no way a scroll would care that much That's right. about being a Dora Milaje there's no way it could yeah, be Okoye it would kind of reframe Okoye's yeah. loyalties yeah. and her uh, priorities but if all the memories are stolen then it would be a genuine reaction yeah if it happened recently but would Okoye allow herself to get taken by some scrolls I think she'd kick all their asses I know and dead. but Maude I love your question of if, if a scroll takes over the, uh, the life of a human how much does that life affect their scroll personality and their scroll beliefs. Or is it on override? That question is a little bit answered in the comic books. Maybe I'll bring that up next time. Maybe I'll bring that it's up next time. A, to mm -hmm. me, it's the most fascinating part of this yes. because it, it forces their scroll identity into the sunken place. And that scroll identity wow. gets buried, buried and erased over time. And then they end up, it's like that to me, if you want, watch FX as the Americans because it deals mm. so much with their Russian identity versus this American identity. And you see how uh, the Matthew Reese and um, Carrie Russell, Russell yeah. um, they, uh, the two of them get in these huge arguments where Matthew Reese's character over the course of the season starts to adopt and and really love his American um, disguise and it becomes part of his identity. And uh, whereas, you know, uh, Carrie Russell's character is like, no, we're going to eat Russian Stay food and we're yeah. going to make sure our kids know Russian history. Wow. And it's such a cool show. One question I want to ask you guys with, maybe this is just me thinking too much into it. The character of Beto, the new recruit who joins mm. new Skrullos, do we think he might be hiding something? I mean, he just showed up out of nowhere. Yeah. How did he find it? That is doesn't it, happen yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, you right. You show up out of nowhere without right. nothing. You have a purpose. You have a point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, do, so, Eric, is your question here, could he be working on behalf of Talos? Like, or is he a sleeper agent? A sleeper agent. Is there an even more radical sect? Of Could oh Beto be the religious fundamentalist? Oh my God. Who's joining and is going to like, if you want to do multiple seasons of Secret Invasion, I'm just saying this is how you do it. You introduce <laughs> a character episodes. who's even more radical than <laughs> the villain you have in season one. Or if you just want to continue uh, exploring the Kree Scroll War and future Marvel titles, I think. Uh, Gravik's already a very interesting character, but he seems to, he doesn't seem to be a religious fundamentalist. To have someone no, compete for his power mm. by saying, no, you don't even read the gospel, bro. Mm -hmm. And then he brings out the scroll prophecy and says, this is why we need to lay claim to this planet. would be crazy? What if he is a sleeper agent but working for Gravik and is pretending to be a newcomer just to see if Amelia Clark's character test will ever, to test her, will ever Ooh. turn. And by the end of the like series, that. she might decide... Uh, what we're doing is wrong. She turns to Beto and she's like, get out, get out of here. And Beto goes, you messed so up. Close. You were yeah. so, so close. close. Gravik, guess what? You're right. She betrayed you. 
That's could be cool. that. Oh, that's, that's fun. Cool. I like that idea. And I think, uh, yeah, I think the character Beto is going to come back. And yeah. I think yeah, yeah. it will either be that or uh, Amelia Clark, uh, Gaia, will feel guilty for sending Beto on a mission where he gets killed. And then that oh, will be the moment she's turned yeah. against Gravik. Oh, like, oh I brought this guy in. I gave him this delicious looking uh, fondant fruit. That yeah. what was that fruit that he ate? It looked like a it looked like a bad prop. Was it fruit? Was <laughs> it a potato? Was it a turnip? It was harvest. It was har- It was some kind of produce. On scrollos, produce is different than what we think of it as. Yeah. You know, veg fruit. I don't even living it creature. Crunch. It was yeah. just like a. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I want to see some juice. I want some Melaroon juice I want running to see down some the chin. Juice. Yeah. <laughs> what are you fighting for? Yeah. yeah. If this first episode ends with a promise of a major MCU character dying, yeah. I feel like that sets up a promise that other characters are going to die. We already have the highest body count. I think of any single MCU title because, like, we learned in Civil War that like the Battle of New York only it had a pretty small death count. I might be wrong in the numbers here, but in a oh. Disney Plus title for sure. Sure, sure. So sure. let's go through some options of who do we think well, technically, will die in the show. Technically, in the show, what if entire realities were wiped? That's out? true. So that's Doctor Strange. Yeah, what but if? they're no, they're no. animated realities. Yeah, they don't really count. They're animated. But you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so do we think this show is going to end with Nick Fury dying? Okay, likely no. Yes. Only because... Samuel L. Jackson loves a paycheck. Yeah. Okay. And he's in the Marvels. But we, I feel like the Marvels is not going to be a show that takes place before this show. I think it's going to be post. Okay. And I think at one point Sam Jackson said something like, the show Secret Invasion is, is going to explain why Nick Fury is where he is in the Marvels, up on the Sabre Station or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he said something like, Secret Invasion has to happen for before we get to the Marvel. Like it's like mm, a, it's like okay. a one before the other. But it would be wild if they killed off Nick Fury and then like a scroll takes his place. It's like Mendo or something and then he's like, well now well, I'm that's just kind Nick Fury. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I but I'm gonna say likelihood of Nick Fury dying is gonna be like five percent out of a hundred. Like it's very, very I'll set it at fifteen percent. Okay. The probably probably ten more fair. For me. All and right. I'm only saying ten because Nick Fury has been the connective tissue yes. since day one. One. Yes, he was truly. in the original Iron Man in 2008. So mm-hmm. this is the guy that we call wow. upon to usher in the new people because we are in phase five, isn't it? We're phase yeah. five. This now? is phase five, yeah. yeah. And so it's like we are seeing the original Avengers already sort of say goodbye. So Nick is the mentor, he is the father figure, he's the one that sort of like has to be steps ahead, but he's the one that has all the information. Yeah. And I think that. He's such an important character. He doesn't need to be there all the time. Yeah. But I think that his presence is necessary, especially Agreed. The, yeah, the more Always we go felt. through with new characters, with younger yeah. characters. Yeah. Let's talk about Talos. Okay. I, I put Talos' death odds at 90%. 100%. Oh, really? 100% at 90%. Why? What do you guys think so? Because I think <laughs> someone has to die. Someone bigger has to die, at least to the stakes of this show. Wow. And uh, oh, oh, I've got it. So what's stopping... Talos from impersonating Gravik, you know, if Gravik becomes more of a crucial role. Oh, then like mm. scrolls can like, and yeah. And it's like you have to maintain the face. Uh-huh. And so what he is, if he is able to sort of infiltrate and become Gravik, and then they think that they're killing the enemy, but they're actually killing the ally. Oh. Why not, yeah? They think, have it. they think they're killing Gravik. Gravik, but they're actually killing it's, Mendo. It's oh, it'll be that kind of a twist? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, what about if... I, I think that, that uh, Talos' uh, daughter in this show is a very interesting character. Gaia? Gaia, very interesting. I love Amelia Clark. I'm so happy that she's a, a, a part of this show as well. Talking about a stacked cast. She's a great actor. I wonder if by the end of this series, Talos will die, but Gaia will switch alliances and, dis- and realize... Her mom and dad were right 
to side with Nick Fury, to be on the side of these good guy characters, and maybe she will become almost like a new Talos and become an ally to either Nick Fury going forward or Saber or more Avengers characters or so on. Because I also have to imagine you can't, you're not going to cast Amelia Clark and be like, but you're only in this show. She's also a get. Like, you could, right? Well, if we're in this spy thriller yeah. genre, I think Guy is going to be our alias, our Sydney Bristow. I think oh. she's going to be a double agent to get up. I think that, you know, um, wow. we're going to learn more about sort of where her allegiances lie. And we're going to think that she's going to be working for Gravik the entire time. But I think she's going to use that intel to stop him once more. You know, when she was first announced as being a part of the cast, my comic book brain went, oh, I think she's going to be playing Spider-Woman. Who is a Marvel Comics character who's the very key. yes, who's yeah. a very important scroll slash not scroll character in the Marvel Comics. I know Spider Woman is a scroll sometimes, and I thought, ooh, and then Amelia Clark could play the scroll version. But then when the scroll version gets killed, she still stays on as Spider Woman, like the real human version of the character. They're Jessica Drews, but, but, but not the animated, the, right? Yeah. But what's very interesting about what you said, Mod, is that. For me, the Spider-Woman character in Marvel Comics is a double, triple agent. She's worked for Hydra. She's worked for right, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. She's worked, so, so it's this great like uh, potential character to be able to swap alliances whenever the story needs it. And I feel like Amelia Clark could do something like that. So you might be... Yeah. I think they're setting her up to play the Abigail Brand figure. I think she oh. might be set up to take over Saber and Sword. Like, you gotta imagine that Amelia Clark signs on to it. She's probably going to be a redemptive character. She starts in this place of betrayal yeah. to her father. I think by the end of these six episodes, she's gonna come to the fold and be able to broker a peace between the scrolls and humans. It, this is such a twisty turny show that I thought that when they introduced her and she was with Gravik, I went, and when we realized that she was Talos' daughter, I thought, oh, maybe she's just working with Gravik, but she's actually secretly working for her dad the whole time. But then that scene happened where the dad confronted her, and Talos had to tell her, your mom died. And I'm like, that scene was just with those two characters. She really did not know. She yeah. really has separated from her dad and her mom, and and like really has her own But when you see beliefs. how... Uh She's left out of the big meetings. She's like, you yeah. know, she's not a part of sort of what's going on. Uh, and she integrates new members as if she's like doing a good service. I right. actually, yeah. she's like, she's like, welcome, welcome to yeah, the Yeah, she believes in the cause. Yeah. She believes yeah. in the cause. So I think that, you know, like so many great uh, complex antagonistic characters, they may have a cause you agree with, but maybe she'll realize, hey, these methods are too much. Same sort of thing happened in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm -hmm. with the with the Morgenthau, Carly Morgenthau character, flag the Flag Smasher. Same sort of thing happens with fans and Killmonger. We all love Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger, even if we were like, too far, you went too far, but we agree with your- He got left out. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that, maybe, yeah. ah, a redemptive character, it might be. Yeah. But I mean, if be. Guy is her scroll name, yeah. could she then become, could her human form be Abigail? That's what I like. She could Abigail, take on the name of Guy, Abigail, Abigail Brand. Abigail. Abigail. <laughs> okay. Um, or they could enter like as when they announced uh, Olivia Coleman. I was like, oh, Olivia Coleman could be the Abigail Brand of this mm. world. We don't. Or they could just introduce another actor to be Abigail Brand. I think the MCU needs an Abigail Brand. Uh, I mean, Nick Fury seems to be playing that role in the Marvels, but I think it'd be a great opportunity to introduce someone else to take on that leadership. One thing, I, some of us um, off screen, some of the producers and us were talking yesterday. Uh, that it might be good to introduce this scroll, like these terroristic cells, 
uh, country by country, why not just introduce the Flag Smashers as one of those? Like you could retcon oh, the Flag Smashers for as being. Sure, John, sure. was that you who I was talking to? Might have been uh, Oscar and producer know, Brandon. Well, people throw in flag smashes that don't understand the concept of a flag smash. I think all of us are still unsure exactly what they were trying to do, but this was <laughs> the group in the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers who had the red but handprint you, masks. You, you and, can also go back further and be like, you know, you know, uh, uh, um, Wenwu and the Ten Rings. What if there's a few Ten Rings cells that are also scrolls? Like also scrolls. you could do whatever you you know. You could say Hydra people were scrolls. You could say. Like, and it's actually really interesting when they do set up sort of like you yeah. know, an initial story and then they retell it by looking back yep. and go, actually, this is what really happened. Retcon, baby. Yes. Retroactive continuity. I'm all about it. Getting back to the question of who do we think will die, yeah. I think President Ritson is going to go. Only just because we've already announced Harrison Ford is going to play the U.S. president oh, yeah, and Captain point. America good Brave point. New World. <laughs> we don't know where Harrison Ford is in the MCU right now. We have to imagine he must be vice president or somewhere oh, in the order of succession. Vice, vice president Ross. Depends how long uh, Brave New World takes place after Secret Invasion, but it seems like by showing us the White House, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first time we've been inside the White House in the MCU? I know uh, Iron Man uh, 3. Robert Redford. Robert Redford was in like uh, the State Department, and he mentioned like I think knowing the president or something, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, I don't know if he was in the White House. Also, yeah. I'm going back all the way to 2003. I'm like X2, X Men United, right. Nightcrawler was in the White House, right. but that's not the MCU. That was Alan Cummings as Nightcrawler, right. almost killing the we president. We had President Matthew Ellis in Iron Man Three, which is a reference, you know, to Warren Ellis. But fun fact about Iron Man Three: that was Wednesday Adams. She was a little girl in that movie. Oh, uh, Jane Ortega. Jane Ortega played the little girl. Who was in a wheelchair in that film? Oh, cool! Who was? She was a little kid. Yeah, that was 2013. We're old. We're, All of us are oh, old. <laughs> I feel old. Yeah, the uh, I, I do think I love the shot of going up the stairs and you see past U.S. presidents, but they stop yes. at Reagan because at that point you start getting into modern political yeah. history. But also, and listen, we need to have see, a different timeline. Seeing Nixon and then Reagan made me go like, I don't trust this president. Ritson, That's I don't know idea. what's happening here. I don't like these presidents. I, think the idea I don't is, like this guy. Is that since like the 70s? Because we know the Skrulls, even though they didn't come onto the planet Earth until 1995, those mm -hmm. refugees were in orbit since the late 80s because that's when Annette Benning's character right. became acquainted with them. So, like, at that point, any of those U.S. presidents could have been infiltrated. Like, the fact that we stop on oh. Reagan. But this is getting into a sort of, like, what-if territory in a way because it's like, I mm -hmm. think they are trying to contain it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah. by going, we could have even been... I don't even you know what's funny? Like, when the Secret Invasion comic book was coming out, they did a bunch of like variant covers of like different Marvel characters that were, had like the scroll chin to be like, who do you trust? You know, whatever. And I think they did a variant cover because it was around 2008 where President Barack Obama was a scroll. Like That's I think right. they did then, a, uh, a scroll. Obama, Obama and McCain. I think it was during the campaign <laughs> that summer. It was summer 2008. And what if in the MCU, it. Barack Obama was actually a scroll the whole time? Yeah. What if I am? I'd still be your friend. Are you a good scroll or a bad scroll? Yeah. Do you like graphic or do you like Talos? I mean... Mendo. See, you're good. You're a good scroll. Oh, yeah. You're Australian. My accent. <laughs> Tell us, my it's man. Not British. Thank God. It's Australian. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Hector, we wanted to turn to you because yeah. you brought some show and tell that you wanted to recommend to I did. anyone who likes Secret Invasion. Really quick uh, segment here. We're going to call it For the Love of Christ, Read a Comic Book. This is Secret Invasion. And the first recommendation this week, this is the bigger picture. I just want to say if you have not read the original 2008 Secret Invasion miniseries, Highly recommend because it's very different than the show, but this storyline is sort of like a big blockbuster movie version of this story. It's almost like the end game. It's almost like, what are scrolls in this for? What are they trying to accomplish? And you read this and it's the big bombastic, every character's involved, but it's a very big public version of this war. 
and so many of the other tie-ins for these comic books that were happening in other comic book series with other characters, they're more low-key. They're more like showing Nick Fury in that stealth mission mode, like realizing who's a scroll, who isn't, that sort of thing that I think is closer in tone to the show. But I want to recommend this first for this first week because it gives that great overall bigger picture look. And there's some great moments, including my absolute favorite, where... Scrolls that are invading Earth, they're saying, you know, they have a different motivation in the comic books. We know what the motivation is in the MCU, yes. is that Skrullos is not their home world, I guess, and they've been refugees. In the comic books, their motivation is there is a fringe religious extremist group of scrolls who, according to their religious texts, are prophesized to inherit the Earth. It's mm. always, it was always going to be theirs according to their religion. There's some new home that yes. was in their prophecy and so, then they believe it's so Earth now. they're taking what's theirs. They're taking what's theirs, but in the name of their God. And at one point, a scroll character says to Nick Fury in this, like, our God loves you. Our God loves you. And Nick Fury replies with, yeah, well, my God has a hammer. And then Thor arrives and it's, it's awesome. A and that's a great line. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I would love if the, if the show at least references their religion. Because I mm. that is like my favorite thing about it's this It's very world, interesting. It's is very that they have this uh, relig religious ideology. Because nothing, nothing is more of a motivator to go to war and to go on a crusade in an invasive force than religion. And if they don't have their religion in the show, I'm going to be a little bummed. And actually, the fact that they are building this community Community. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we're seeing that there's disruption within this community. But I really like that idea where it's like, no, we're bonded together because it's bigger than us. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's for yeah. our kids. And our Absolutely. Kids. So check out The Secret Invasion. And I think each week that we talk about shows, I'm going to try to do like a different comic book recommendation based on what we maybe learned from the show or whatever. Mm. So... Check this out. If you haven't read it, pretty how, good. How public are scrolls in that? Is it a human level knowledge or is it still classified? It is. Um, that's a great question. I think that in the Marvel Comics universe, it's human level knowledge because characters like the Fantastic Four publicly dealt with the scrolls almost in the very beginning of these sort of Marvel superhero stories. But this is the storyline where they become the most, most public. Right. Everything kind of up to this point, you could read Marvel Comics and go, do the people of Earth, are they aware of all the shit that's going on? And usually, no. Mm -hmm. Usually the people of Earth chalk things up to like, it's a conspiracy theory or, oh, it was a weird uh, electrical storm that was happening. Like, they don't know things that are Galactus or that are, you know, whatever. But this storyline, they're very public. In fact, scrolls take the shape of celebrities. Mm -hmm. To get on TV, characters even like, uh, celebrities like Stephen Colbert, who makes a cameo in he this. Does, yeah. And he's just like, we love you. Like, as a scroll, they're like, we love you. You can trust us. God loves you. Let us you can trust you know, us. I'm wearing someone else's body right Oprah now. Oprah Winfrey, but... Stephen Colbert, they all make uh, cameo appearances in this. So yeah. <laughs> very, very public. Everyone be sure to read this. It's yeah. like, it's required viewing, reading and viewing. <laughs> um, just stare at it. Okay, next question we want to ask coming out of this episode. How did Soren die? By right. the hands of the enemy. It's possible right. because the last time we saw Soren, this is also important to know, was when her and her husband were in the car. And they were impersonating Nick Fury and Murray Hill at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm -hmm. Now, in the MCU, Avengers Endgame happens in October or fall of 2023. Mm -hmm. This is actually the year that they everybody Ooh. comes back, which yeah. is kind of weird. Uh -huh. Right? It feels very weird to the global pandemic, but it's weird. So then um, the following year, into and by the end of uh, Peter Parker's school year, which I think is like June of the next year, 2024, that's when Spider-Man Far From Home takes place with Mysterio, you know, they go to London, and then at the end of that we learn, oh, that wasn't Nick Fury at all. He's been off-world since at least Avengers Endgame, because he comes back, and we saw at the end of Tony Stark's funeral, 
mm. Nick Fury was standing there. I believe that was the Nick Fury, not Talos. Right? That was, yeah. It's like, that's probably Fury who's there in person with everybody else. Who would send a stand-in in Tony Stark's Exactly. Yeah. So maybe even from that moment, Fury peaced out. But Soren was alive at least until the following year, 2024. And then from there to now, which I think we might be into, it said current day, present day, yeah. 2024, 2026, sorry, 2025, maybe 2026. I think, yeah, 20, they always stay like three years ahead, uh, yeah, at so, least in phase four. So we're, we're, we're two or three years post the Mysterio event. How did Soren die? We don't know yet. According to this first episode, we have no idea. So yeah. yeah, but I think there's there's been some conflict. If it were, if it, if, Talos could prove that it was someone part of Gravik's group. I think he'd be more bitter and vengeful toward Gravik's group. I think he's, he's kind of like afraid of them. Causes or something? I don't know if it's natural. I think there was some kind of, yeah, I think there mm. was, a, but I don't think it was like in cold blood. I think she might've been fearing to try to get her daughter back from the fringe. Oh. Uh, and I think maybe Gaia didn't know that this was happening. And then once Sorn got too close, they said, okay, we warned you. And then she's gone now. I think, do you think we'll yeah. see the death? Do you think we'll learn yes. or it will just be an off-screen yeah. mention? I, 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 episode four, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always the Disney Plus episode where we learn some they shit. flashback to stuff. <laughs> okay, Everett Ross revealed Yo. as a scroll. Now, was it just this particular Everett Ross or has Everett Ross been a scroll for a long time and is the real Everett Ross still out there somewhere? So this is the thing about having scrolls now. We can question absolutely every everything. story told. Everything, everything. Canon is now fluid, you know? Like it's just, been fluid, just like though. gender, just like gender. That's it. So Canon like, is a construct. Canon's a construct. I, you know, again, last time we saw Everett K. Ross, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, where he was dealing with his ex-wife Val. Yep. Who, by the way, I think she's a scroll. That's what yeah. I think. I think they're both she's scrolls. You she's, well, this is the thing. You have to look at the timeline. I, right. That's what I'm yeah. trying to do. So, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever was, I also think, the year 2024. Five, I want to say, mm -hmm. in the fall of 2025. Um, so, and at the end of that film, because he was a fugitive from the law, Okoye rescued him from being uh, uh, taken somewhere. Mm -hmm. Did she take him back to Wakanda? Did he live there? Did he? Did she just free him and now he's like off the grid? And then if so, did he get replaced as a scroll from that point to now? Or was he a scroll during that movie and earlier? I think he... I think something else more recent happened because okay. the rules of this world establish that when they assume someone's identity, they they put them in this, in this fracking pod. Yeah. So that's my worry: is that somewhere Martin Freeman is in a fracking pod yeah. in this comatose state? Because that's the only way they can guarantee that the there won't be two Everett Rosses running correct, around. Correct. Correct. So I think some and, and the comic books had an excuse for keeping characters alive. Excuse me. While a scroll was impersonating them, like they had some, like, well, we need them because we need to be able to go to their DNA or whatever. Like they, they had like an actual reason for it. I wonder if the show is going to do it. And here's the other thing I think is going to happen by the end of this one season. I think that we're going to get the real Everett Ross. Maybe will be like freed from a pod. They're going to pan over, and you know who's going to be in another pod? Val. So that the audience oh, knows, oh, she's been a scroll. Like, so that's the Val great. active right now. She's a scroll. So either the the Val that we know is going to be in the Thunderbolts movie is going to be a scroll. Or that will be the real Val at that point, the Contessa Valentina de Fontaine. But she'll have, have to take back her identity 
from this point to that point. My hope is that they're both scrolls and they don't know that the other's a scroll. Could and that's be. why they've had marital well, they're issues. On a, could, <laughs> they're no, they're on the same side. They're just like, you know, yeah. there's like a, a millions potentially scrolls that are just walking around on earth right now. Do they all is there a way that a scroll can detect another scroll? No, they're perfectly matching DNA. Oh. So I think they're both scrolls and they just didn't know it. It's like the the Rupert Holmes song. They were pina coladas getting caught in the rain and then they found their way right. back to each other, but they didn't oh, realize yeah. that they're both scrolls and then but they just sense that there's some kind of deceit going on. And and that's why their marriage fell apart. So hold on. That's my headcanon. Wow. And it's fluid and it's real. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they don't know that they're spies. That's, that's right. That's kind of cute. That's a better reference point. But now, yeah. now we're really kind of looking at everyone's being monitored. The yeah. scrolls are overtaking people in key positions. Yes. So that they can manipulate chains of events. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's in a position of power is likely a target mm-hmm. for a scroll. Mm-hmm. And now this is also going to be an overarching theme here. Anyone who is a scroll, uh, whose body has been taken against their will, so a scroll can I uh, consume their identity, yeah. is holding somewhere. Yes. Likely in this refugee camp. Yes. There yeah. is just pods and pods and pods of people to be rescued. Which is scary because these are radioactive sites that still have oh, decay happening. You're and you're right. bringing in human bodies that are not resistant to radiation. Yeah, maybe they'll shield them knowing we need to keep our little cargo precious. The fracking pods are lined with like yeah. lead and with <laughs> concrete. Um, yeah, those are dangerous sites to, for humans to just be in for months and months and months. True. Um, but I do like the detail that like scrolls can resist it because their their molecules are constantly shifting. They can just yeah. naturally adapt. To it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's adapting to the Earth's soil. What do we think Nick Fury is doing on Sabers right now? <sighs> Great question. I think it's interesting that he left after Tony Stark's funeral because that traumatized him so much. He's like, he I failed. can't be on Earth right now. He feels he like he let Tony Stark down. He's like, I recruited this guy into the Avengers. Now he's dead. I need to just get off this planet. I, I mean, I think that there's maybe more to that, but he was just using that whole thing as an excuse. He, it, listen, the dude got dusted, and he was barely able to send off a beeper page to Carol Danvers after 30 years, and she showed up from 1995 finally back to Earth. But, like, what is he doing on Saber? I think he might be doing what Tony Stark tried to do in Avengers Age of Ultron, which is put a shield around the Earth. A suit of iron. A suit of armor. A suit of armor. Because Mm. Iron Man was so traumatized by the Avengers movie dealing with the Chitauri invading and seeing that portal and, you know, and and freaking out. And he had that post-traumatic stress that we saw in Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. So I think that his motivations in Avengers Age of Ultron made sense. But then, like, he and Bruce Banner did it the wrong way. And they created Ultron, James Spader, bad. I think Fury's going to try to do that same thing, but, like, in a better way. It has to be crucial because he's such an important key figure. So for him to be gone for so long, it needs to be something bigger than Earth. Or, like, to protect the entire entity of Earth. But I think at the moment it's been used as this sort of, like, ostracized punishment or, like, Mm. where he's, like, in his back cave dwelling or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're not going to unveil the importance of it. I think it's being downplayed a lot where it's like, wow, you've just changed a lot and you're a bit of a soupy lola. Right. But we don't know what he was actually doing. Like, and I think that it is with... something incredibly crucial and yeah. that will be an info drop later. And it might come, it might, yeah, it might come into play in the Marvels because it looks like that movie is not just dealing with Kamala Khan, Monica Rambeau, Carol Danvers, but like other Cree, like a bunch of other space stuff. And you exactly. know, we're going above Earth again. We're going yeah. above Earth again. And in Marvel Comics, the Kree Scroll War is such a huge pivotal thing for so many characters, and it's so important to so many characters that the MCU really hasn't full on gone into that. They might do their version of the Kree Scroll War or us finally kind of seeing. Because again, the first Captain Marvel movie was mostly just set on Earth. Yeah. It was about Carol kind of remembering who she was and dealing with Jude Law and a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of Kree. But at the end of the day, they. Kree were like five strong. That's it. It was yeah. it was Lee Pace just being like, I'll come back later. Like, 
we saw him in Guardians and that's it, you know? Yeah. But I think I think I'm glad he brought up the Kree Scroll War. I think that's why Fury built yeah. the Saber Space Station and he's yeah. on it. I think he's fighting that Shadow War. In Spider-Man Far From Home, there was that line with him and Maria Hill, is Tails and, and Soren talking about Kree sleeper cells. There has been a Shadow oh, War happening right that's now. Right. Fury is fighting the Kree, and that is a battle station. I think the reason why he has not found a new home mm-hmm. for the scroll mm-hmm. is because he knows that the next time the scroll try to find a new home planet, the Kree are going to massacre them. So he has to deal with the imperialist threat of the Kree right now, and yeah. he's building uh, station, battle stations like Saber, and it's called Saber, right? It's not called Shield, it's an aggressive front. And so I think yeah. there are other space stations he's trying to build around the galaxy to combat the threat of the Kree. So this yeah. is actually so much more than a promise he can't keep. Right, yeah. I think he's trying to fulfill his promise yeah. the best he can. But it's a, it's above him. It's, it's you know, it's yeah. a lot bigger again than him. in the comic books, the Kree and the Scrolls have been fighting since like the dawn of time. Like yeah. it's it's gonna take more than like some diplomacy, a human guy being like, hey, wait, 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 let's meet at the table and let's get yeah, one dude. Right, the Kree and the Scroll hate each other, and it's a thousands of years old conflict. How is this going to be observed, resolved? How is it going to play into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You know, it might be a great way to introduce a character that is a young Avenger Mm -hmm. who we haven't met yet. Teddy Altman, a.k.a. Hulkling. That's right, half scroll. Half crawl, half scree. You see, it's a very Romeo and Juliet story. Uh, Scroll, scroll, half scree. What did I say? Crawl scree. That's what I meant. It's, I mean, think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Romeo and Juliet. It was like a, it was like a scroll uh, uh, a princess, I think, and a Cree warrior like fell in love, even though they were fated to hate each other. And then they made this child who they knew would almost be the uniter. Mm. And then they That's hid they, they hid Teddy away on Earth. Love so maybe Secret Invasion. If this show doesn't introduce that character, and he eventually becomes a young Avenger, and he becomes friends with all the other young Avenger characters like Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and Cassie Lang, you That's know, so on and so forth. One territory, then it is. That's a but yeah. but but I think we may we might meet that character in the Marvels. Yeah, we might. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's 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 really really interesting to see what the MCU is going to do with that whole thing. But that's what I think. I think you guys are right about this. That's what Saber has been for, and we're going to learn more about what Fury has actually been doing yeah it's kind of like when the united states uh and the u.n decided to create or recreate the nation of uh israel oh god what am i doing um you need sure, to be you need thing, to be an sure. aggressive imperialist uh presence around the earth to be able to uh, defend and properly fortify that country from mm-hmm. all the people who are trying to destroy it and i think you can't just say hey the sc- scroll here's your new home world fine you're right, on your own now right, you right, have right. to you have to carry a big stick and be the policeman of the galaxy at that yeah. point. You have to be yeah. the new Nova Corps. I think that's what Fury's trying to do. Oh, um, we haven't seen them in a minute either. They were yeah. devastated by Ronan, the accuser, in 2014 in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. All right, we're going to leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. We have six episodes this season. We're so excited to talk about. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking about episode two. We're very, very excited for that. Reminded to subscribe to the Deep Dive channel. Subscribe here to the Break Room. Subscribe to the New Rockstars main channel. That's where the Easter egg breakdown is coming out. Uh, you can follow me at EA Voss. Follow Mod at Mod Garrett. Mm-hmm. Follow Hector. At Hector is funny. Uh, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to support us by grabbing some merch at nerdriot.shop. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.